Arizona, Arizona sports. sports, the local the sports, local leader. sports leader. leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. One-stop shopping for everything you need to know going on in sports. This is the 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show, and of course, we start with the biggest story of the day, 36 days later, the Cardinals have themselves a coach. What's up, Bird Gang? Jonathan Gannon, your new head coach, Arizona Cardinals. Ready to get to work. Buckle up. We're going to have some fun. See you soon. Five-year contract he got with the Arizona Cardinals. He was the choice, maybe, perhaps, all along for Monty Austin Fort, depending on some of the reporting out there. Well, he clearly interviewed a lot of different, uh, you know, candidates. Uh, you know, guys that were former head coaches, guys that were just defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators. They didn't dip into the college ranks at all after you know the Cliff Kingsbury experiment, but they did cast that net far and wide, and they interviewed a lot of different people, and they came up with Gannon as their head coach. Yep, and Gannon. As I mentioned, gets a five-year deal. He will be introduced to the local media on Thursday morning. That video was sent out through the Cardinals' Twitter account of him introducing himself to Cardinals fans. There was also a video the Cardinals tweeted out of um, Jonathan Gannon walking out of the facility. Then being told that Kyler was in the facility, turning around and quickly going to give Kyler a little bit of a bro hug and talk to him for just a second before he goes back home to pick up his family. So, uh, And then, of course, as you noted, it's interesting to note that Kyler's in the building, and that's something we want to keep an eye on, too, right? I'm excited about that. Now, you know, whether he's here because he was at a Super Bowl party or whatever, I mean, you know, that's something that Michael Bidwell's talked about. That's what a lot of people have discussed that. You know, they want Kyler here, rehabbing here, spending as much time as he can. Now, if he spends a few days, if he came for the Super Bowl and he spends a few days here. It's good. It's good. Get him around the facility. Get him around the trainers and the staff. You know, he's and I, if I'm Kyler, I just I know a press conference is coming on Thursday. Why am I going to go back? I want to be there. I want to support my new head coach. Like, that's a big and I'll say this right now. That's a big thing to me. I, I, agree. I think that it's Tuesday. Kyler should stay at least through Thursday. You should be in that room when your head coach is announced. You should be there. You shouldn't be like, I'm going to go back to Dallas now. No, stay for a couple of days. Work out here. Train here and be there when he gets announced as the new head coach and meet his family. You just got an amen from the congregation on that one. The two new Suns players, not Kevin Durant, taking the court tonight for the first time. Darius Baisley and TJ Warren suiting up for the Suns. They take on the third place team in the Western Conference right now, Sacramento. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. You'll hear it on the Arizona Sports app and here on 98.7. Suns right now in fourth in the Western Conference by a half game over Dallas, who lost last night to Minnesota. Yes, that was a crazy game. The end of the game was incredible. Kyrie and Lucas just kept passing it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Nobody got a shot off. Yeah. And Dallas loses that game. Suns pass them. And now a chance, you know, a few games back in Sacramento to get a little bit closer to passing the Kings for third. Meanwhile, Devin Booker did speak to the media post-practice today. Commented on the turnaround the franchise has seen in the last four or five years. We were the laughing stock of the NBA about four or five years ago and just turning that around to something serious to championship contenders is you know, a quick turnaround for us. So we take a lot of pride in what we've built here. You know, for this to be a destination that Kev wanted to come to is a, a big sign of that. Show respect of what we've done so far. Speaking of those former sons, Mikhail Bridges, seven points on two of eight shooting last night as the uh. Nets lost to the Knicks. 
Cam Johnson had 14 points, four rebounds. He was two of six from deep as the Nets. Yeah, not the not Nets. the best game for Mikhail right there. That, that Knicks team with you know with Randall's played a little bit better. And look, they're starting four new guys. Yeah, so they've got to get some chemistry. Cam Johnson talked about that. He feels like they they've got a good team, but they've got to try to you know build a little bit of continuity with each other. The league, by the way, and we mentioned this yesterday, did determine that Mikhail Bridges can continue his streak of 367 yes. active NBA games. He actually has the chance to play in 83 games this year. That's right. Yeah, not 82, 83. Because the Nets had played one less game yep. than the Suns. Picks up an extra game. That's pretty cool. Jay Crowder, remember him? He was asked about his situation with the Suns when he was traded to the Bucks. I just feel like it's behind me now. Um, uh, we, we have some some stuff happened internally um, that they asked me to keep in, inside, so I'm going to grant their wishes, obviously. I've been working with these guys for a trade partner uh, for months now. I think um, give or take, they did exactly what they said they was going to do. Um, it took longer than what we all expected, but um, it got done. So I'm thankful for my time in Phoenix. I'm thankful for my teammates. Um, I'm thankful for uh, the organization embracing me uh, the past two years. We had a great run. Okay? We did some great things in Phoenix, and we uh, turned turned that culture around. So I'm happy for those guys. I'm, uh, I wish them luck moving forward. Uh, but I'm, I'm moving on to my next chapter in my career, and that's here with Milwaukee. Taking the high road. Very gracious. Taking the high. Now, I, we, he had, a lot of he, grace there. He had teased that it's going to come out. Everything's going to come out. He had teased it when he was frustrated. The, the, the reality is this. Monty thought that he was too difficult to manage. Didn't want him on the team. Called him over the summer. Told him Cam was starting. At that point, Jay says he would prefer either a trade or a contract extension. They weren't, you know, obviously they weren't going to give him a contract extension. They told him to stay home. So I thought that Jay might have taken, uh, you know, might have wanted to get some frustrations out, but give him credit, taking the high road and not going to bash the organization. Big day today for the NFL offseason. Totally expected, but it came down. The Raiders released Derek Carr today after he declined to waive his no trade clause and right before more than $40 million of his contract would have become guaranteed. So Derek Carr now gets a head start on every other free agent in the NFL, at least at the quarterback position. He can sign with anybody he wants now ahead of free agency starting a month and a half from right now. Where's he go? Where does Derek Carr go? Derek Carr is going to go to the... You put me on the spot here. Commanders, Jets, the Saints, Bucks. Bucks are Commanders. Falcons? The Bucks are the Commanders. Because the Commanders... They don't have a great draft pick to be... I was going to say the Panthers. The Panthers are going to draft one. Colts are going to draft one. I think he goes somewhere where they don't have a great opportunity to draft their future quarterback, and he's kind of a stopgap guy. So that would either be the Saints, the Commanders, or the Bucs. I, I put me down for the Commanders or the Bucs. Okay. Now, what have you got? Um... Commanders make some sense. You got Rodgers out there. A lot of people think he's going to the Jets. Does Lamar stay in Baltimore? That's a good I mean, question. that's something to keep up, too. I'd say Carr goes to the Commanders. Okay. So and, we, I'm, and Garoppolo's an interesting thing, too. Where does Garoppolo go? He's certainly going to go somewhere. Speaking of the Ravens, Todd Munkin, the Georgia offensive coordinator for the last couple of years, joining the Ravens as their new OC. That's an interesting situation to walk into. Then, of course, we talk about the Cardinals head coaching hire today. The Colts 
Colts made it official as well, hiring Shane Steichen as their next head coach. He was the OC in the with the Eagles organization, and obviously Gannon was the DC for the Eagles. Yeah, I've got to touch on that Munkin one. We'll, you know, leaving Georgia. I mean, you're back to back national championships. He's 57 years old. That offense averaged 500 yards a game and 40 and 40 plus points per game. So can he get that success in the NFL? You know, after leaving after leaving the success that he had with Georgia. So that was a big one. And Steichen, listen, I I think that's a good hire by the Colts. That offense has just improved year after year after year. It became a very dynamic offense. What he did with that quarterback, what he did with getting the most out of Jalen Hurts, I think the guy did a tremendous job. And then real quick, things are getting questionable, you could say, in the Pac-12. They released a statement yesterday. The 10 Pac-12 universities look forward to consummating a successful media rights deal. We remain highly confident in our future growth and success as a conference and united in our commitment to one another. Close quote. Gambo, there's a report in The Athletic. I can't get any money. That George Klyovkov is struggling to find media partners who want to pay what they want to be paid. Two of those sources said Klyovkov overpromised his members on how many bidders there would be and oh what dollar God. amount they would command That's terrible. in their new media and rights deal. And they owe deal. $50 million to what Comcast is somebody still, right? Yeah. Didn't I, they owe $50 million bucks to somebody? I'm not familiar with overpayment, that story. Overpayment? The overpayment? I'm not, I'm not familiar with that story, so I don't know. I'd have to oh look into that. Yeah, they thought they were going to get $40 plus million dollars in a new TV rights deal. They may not get $30 million. Yeah, it's forced the Pac-12 to kind of come out with a statement. Nope, we're good. Everything's fine. We're all on the same team. We're all rolling in the same direction here. Big 12, like okay. a pack of hyenas oh. right now, just circling, circling, Got circling. Should we go into the kill? You ever see that old wounded animal and the pack of hyenas just circling around, just kind of waiting? We're going to make our move soon. That's the Big 12. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, he now has the keys to the kingdom. What are the three things that must be at the top of Jonathan Gannon's to-do list? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. So the press conference introducing Jonathan Gannon as the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals is going to be on Thursday morning. The announcement was made today. There are a couple of videos on social of Gannon, you know, welcoming, you know, saying hi to the Bird Gang. I'll play that here in just a minute because I've got it here in front of me. And then there was another video of him walking around the facility and finding out Kyler was in the facility and running back to go talk to him. Here's Gannon's What's Up Bird Gang video. What's up, Bird Gang? Jonathan Gannon, your new head coach. Coach, Arizona Cardinals, ready to get to work. Buckle up. We're going to have some fun. See you soon. What are the three most important things Jonathan Gannon has to do now that he's here? Uh, you're not going to. My number one is not what everybody else's number one is. It's not Kyler. It's not Kyler. Okay. My number one is to get the Arizona Cardinals to establish a pass rush. The Philadelphia Eagles had a record number of sacks, almost or they were two and a half shy of breaking the NFL record for most sacks generated in a season. Okay. So to me, the number one thing he has to do is get a pass rush going. 
doing, okay? Because you're bringing in a defensive guy. I'm not so worried about Kyler Murray. It's not my number one thing. You said, what's the most important thing? Dominate the pass rush. Get a pass rush going. You had four different guys that had 10 sacks on that team. You guys were two and a half sacks away from the most ever. The Cardinals don't have a pass rush. They have none. You got nothing out of Marcus Golden. You got nothing out of most of the players on that defensive line. Um, Zach Allen's coming back. Can you establish him as a great? You're probably going to draft a very dominant defensive player if you stay in this. Mm -hmm. You've still got Collins and Simmons. How can you free up these guys to get to the quarterback? The Cardinals have to pressure the quarterback. They've got to get quarterback hits. They've got to get hurries. They have to. So to me, the number one thing to me is not Kyler Murray. It's the Cardinals have to generate a pass rush. He's a defensive coordinator. I want to see him bring that to the table. I like you being creative. I like you thinking out of the box. not Kyler. It really is. And I, I'm being honest here. It's not. The Kyler Murray thing is not my number one thing for him. You're a defensive guy. Your expertise is in defense. I'm not going to say the best, the most important thing for you to do is something on the offensive side of the ball. The most important thing you've got to do is get this team to have a pass rush. I'm going to say it's Kyler Murray. I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> Sorry. I know so is everybody else. Okay, but but you, I don't agree with that. But, I really don't. But in the spirit of what you're doing here, okay, I mean, because it, it, it's it's Kyler, but in the spirit of what you're doing here, what you're trying to do here, I'll tell you, I think the second most important thing for him to do is to, how do I want to phrase this? He's got to be better at developing the talent that is drafted for him. Because the Cardinals have not been very good at that lately. Let's be honest about it, right? Like sure. the, the disconnect between front office and coaching, between players that they like and players that the coaches will actually use, between players getting better and improving and becoming elite players once they get drafted here. Man, that pipeline has been broken. It just doesn't. There, there have been occasional guys. You mentioned Zach Allen, Byron Murphy. There have been guys. There have been guys who've gotten better, right? Um, McBride got better and Cameron Thomas got better once that Maje Sanders got better when they played a little bit. But for the most part, the talent development, now you can say what you want about whether the right guys were drafted or not. That was a Steve Kime issue. But developed, a lot of times those players just weren't developed. The Hassan Reddick thing just screams at you with something like that. He's got to do an excellent job of making sure that the players that Monty gives him, that Dave Sears gets him, are A, guys he wants, guys he'll use and be guys that he's going to coach the crap out of, right? Like, okay, I got you. Now I'm going to coach you up. Now I'm going to make you better. Now I'm going to get you to where you need to be to contribute in the NFL. That to me is one of the most important things he's got to do because that is the look at what the Kansas City Chiefs just did. They let Tyreek Hill go. They played just about every single one of their rookies last last year on the way to a Super Bowl championship. You've got to get contributions from the kids that you draft. You have to, and he's got to do a better job coaching the guys that he gets. Yeah, listen, the Kyler thing is, and it does speak for itself, but to me, there's a lot of things I want to focus on on the defensive side of the ball. They've got to get better at takeaways. They, you know, they can't rank the Arizona Cardinals rank near the bottom. You know, in takeaways, the Eagles were near the top. You know, you want a team that's going to ball hawk. You want to fe- you want to establish. Fit- Physicality in this conference, you play in the 49ers, right? Seattle's been a bit of physical team. You want to have a, you go up against Aaron Donald. You want to develop a physical mentality. And so I think right out of the gates, right out of the gates.
gates. This is how we're going to play. We're going to play hard. We're going to play physical. It's going to be tough to come into our building. The Cardinals have had the uh, terrible, terrible home field advantage. So they need to reestablish. That's the second thing on my list. Reestablish home field. You cannot keep losing home games. So number one to me is establish the pass rush. Number two, you got to find a way to protect the home court. You got to find a way to win home games. How many home games did the Cardinals win last year? Was it just one? It was just the one. It was just the one. Kansas City won you, more games at State Farm Stadium than the Cardinals you, did. Right. That's the number two thing on my list. So Kyler Murray's not even number two on my list. Whatever you've got to do to make sure that these players understand when teams come in here, it's going to be a hard game. We're going to play physical. We're going to beat your ass. We're going to hit you. We're going to hit you again. You've got to establish that. I love what Dan Campbell's done in Detroit because that was the mentality he had coming in. So what I want is I want a physical team from day one of training camp. Establish it. During the preseason, establish it. Let these guys play. I, fans are tired. They're tired of going to home games, spending their hard-earned money, and losing every single time. It's an embarrassment. It's a joke that they can't win at home. So number two on my list, again, not Kyler Murray, find a way to have a physical mentality to when teams come in here, it's a hard game for them, and the Cardinals could start winning home games. I'm going to skip ahead to number three on my list because I've already given Kyler as my number one, and, and what I talked about a second ago, developing the young players is my number two. I'm going to skip ahead to my number three, and that is higher a staff that will bring out the very best in everybody, right? Because that that's not a bunch, bunch of guys you got to end up firing. Not a bunch, yeah, <laughs> no, no, exactly. Not yeah. a bunch of leftover guys, guys that you want, guys that you believe in, guys that will think you will. And look, first and foremost, and I know this is kind of a Kyler cheat, but it's really not. You're a defensive-minded head coach. You're a first-time head coach. Your offensive coordinator hire is going to be one of the most important things you do in terms of setting the tone, not only with Kyler, but with the the entire offense. This is a, a league. Okay, as good as Jonathan Gannon's defense was throughout the regular season, at the end of the day, this is an offensive-minded league, a lot of offensive-minded head coaches, a lot of great quarterbacks out there. You need to maximize, and this goes beyond Kyler now, you need to maximize what your offense can do because that is what today's National Football League is about. You need to hire a baller at offensive coordinator. You, you, you've got to, I, I mean, and I hope the guy, if it's going to be the Cleveland guy, I hope that that guy is one that you believe in because you can't get that one wrong if you're Gannon. It will set you back. Because think about it. You hire an offensive coordinator. And over the next two years, he proves not to be the guy. What have you lost during those two years? Development. You've lost development of Kyler Murray. You've lost knowing whether Kyler Murray can be your franchise quarterback. You get done with those two years and you think, man, maybe it's time to get off Kyler Murray. If you don't hire the right offensive coordinator to make this offense be functional in today's NFL, it's going to set back the entire organization for two years. I want my, you want my number three? Please. Starting free agents for the Philadelphia Eagles, James Bradbury, cornerback, defensive tackle, Fletcher Cox, linebacker, T.J. Edwards, safety, Marcus Epps, safety, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, defensive tackle, Javon Hargrave, nose tackle, Linvale Joseph. Man, they got a lot. They got a lot of starters, a lot of starters, including an offensive lineman, Isaac Suamalo. That's a free agent. Tap that pipeline. 
Tap that pipeline. Cardinals have some free agent money to spend. The Eagles have a lot of good players that are free agent. Massive pending free agents for the Philadelphia Eagles. A team that was three points away from winning a Super Bowl. You're a defensive guy. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven starters on defense that are free agents. Go get a couple of them. Yeah. Go bring some of those guys in because they know how you coach. It'll be a lot easier. So that's my top three. That's a good one. I, like I don't even. That. I don't have Kyler Murray in my top three. <laughs> you don't actually believe that, do you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going. Like, he's a defensive guy. Oh, I get it. But I mean, Kyler's pretty important too. It is important. Okay. It is important. Okay. Do you do you not agree with the home field advantage? Oh, I, I agree with all of it, but I mean, developing Kyler is it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, a lot of that has to do with Kyler. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, a lot of fun. No, a lot of it honestly has to do, does Kyler want to be great or not? Yeah. Yep. Some things are out of your control. To him. Everything I mentioned is not out of his control. Kyler might be out of his control. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. Of course, you can subscribe right now. It works like all of your favorite podcasts. You subscribe on your iPhone or your Android. You'll never miss any of our show. You can listen to it on the trail, at the gym, wherever you are. The Burns and Gambo Show brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. It took 36 days for the Cardinals to hire Jonathan Gannon. Is he the reason why this took so long? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We got ourselves a lot of poll questions out there. Let's get an update on one of them here as we go to Eric Ruby with an update on our Twitter poll question of the day here on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, what you got? Days like today deserve more than one poll question. If you want to find all of them, go to at Burns and Gambo on Twitter. But the one that I'm going to pose to you guys now isn't one that we got to two hours ago, but I thought it was interesting. Now that Jonathan Gannon, former Eagles defensive coordinator, has been named the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, do you think they retain Vance Joseph as their defensive coordinator? Yes or no? No. I gotta assume the answer is no. No. Why? He's not gay because he's gonna want to move on, bring his own guys in. Yeah. That's what we want. You wanna it's not that we don't like Vance, it's just I want a guy that wants to bring his own guys in. Yeah, I I I have always wanted that. I've always advocated for a coach to come in and not be spoon fed any assistance that he does. Now maybe he talks to Vance and he decides he wants to keep him. I just have a feeling that part of the reason why Gannon got hired is that he came in with a pretty clear vision of who he wanted to be on his coaching staff. And and I just I'd be surprised if Vance is on it, uh, I, and I and I, I want honestly the way the last few years have gone. I want a turning of the page. I really, really do. It's time to wipe a cleansing. Uh, it's time, that dry, a cleansing that dry erase board. It's mm-hmm. time to just take all the old ideas off of it and start writing on it again. So I, that's why I'm a no. What's I what? agree, totally agree. The people agree. It's a rather overwhelming one. Seventy three point four percent do not think Vance Joseph will be retained. Twenty six point six say yes. All right, that's uh, one of like I say many poll questions that we have out there. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. Um, one of the other things that we've talked, and we started talking about this a lot too, 
yesterday is with Gannon getting the job is now this idea that's been out there for the last couple of days that, no, in fact, Monty Austin Fort had a relationship with Jonathan Gannon previously, that he started researching coaches that he might want to hire if he ever got a general manager's job a year ago. Gannon was one of the guys that stood out to him. And as I was, I was thinking about this this morning when the announcement came down, and I just wondered to myself, has Gannon been the target all along for the Cardinals for the last 36 days? But because they were only allowed to talk to him on Monday, did we go through this, for lack of a better way of putting this, kind of dog and pony show for the last month because they weren't able to talk to Gannon until Monday? And I don't know Why the answer. Why would you interview so many guys and then do second interviews if it was a dog and pony show, though? So I tend to think that it wasn't. I tend to think that they they didn't weren't blown away by anybody in the interview process. That they weren't they weren't blown away, that there was nobody that they that they spoke to where they came away clear cut like this is the guy. Okay. You know what? I I'm gonna take it back because I didn't necessarily mean dog and pony show, but I just meant it in the sense that Cliff Kingsbury gets fired thirty five days ago, thirty six days ago. Monty Austinfort gets hired a week after that. Did Monty Austinfort, when he's sitting at that press conference, know I know I want to hire Jonathan Gannon to be my coach. I know I've talked to the guy, I've established a relationship with the guy. He's my guy. I can't talk to him now because they've got a game to prepare for and I missed my window to speak to him. And then I can't talk to him again because only second interviews are allowed during the next window I'm allowed to talk to him. And I haven't talked to him one time. I just wonder, and I don't know if we'll ever get a straight answer to this, but when Monty has that press conference introducing him on, what was it, January 17th? Did he know then? Did he know right then and there he wanted okay. to hire Jonathan Gannon another, as his coach? Another reason I would say no is that Gannon last year interviewed for three jobs. The Texans job, the Broncos job, and the Vikings job. I didn't get anybody interviewed. So would you not be worried and concerned that somebody else would get him? Like, he's the defensive coordinator of a team that led the league in sacks. They had four guys with 10 or more sacks. At that point, when Monty got hired, nobody had been hired yet. Yeah. <laughs> you got all these teams looking to hire coaches. Are you not, you, you know, did you really think, oh, I could wait this till the after the Super Bowl? And then I could get, or after they get eliminated, yeah. then I can get, because then, you know. And that's a fair. You do have to worry that somebody else might be thinking what you're thinking, too. Sure, if that was your plan all along was to think I'm going to get that guy, somebody could have gotten that guy before you did because somebody, you know, could have spoken to him in the windows in which they were allowed to speak to him and you almost had to have a little bit of luck on your side and again i, I really i said dog and pony show i didn't really mean it like that I, I just in my mind i imagine monty austin fort meets with the media on january 17th he knows in the back of his mind i kind of i want to hire this gannon guy i really like this gannon guy but you go and you speak to how many different guys did they talk to 11 12 13 when it was all said and done almost like you were waiting for somebody to convince you not to hire jonathan gannon and that never happened like that were, never happened. Like you yes. were waiting for someone to go, Give you know me what? a reason. I want to hire Jonathan Gannon. Give me a reason not to. Give me a reason not to hire the guy I want to yeah, hire. Blow me away. Blow me away. On, on this interview. And, and nobody did. Um, that I, I just sort of imagine it in my head as that's how, because they did talk to a lot of guys. This it, it, At times, 
this coaching search, and Darren was right when he was on with us earlier. We won't remember two years from now how long this coaching search took or, or the twists and the turns that it took. We'll just judge Jonathan Gannon on whether he does a good job or a bad job. But looking back on it, on the history of coaching searches, this one was a weird one for the Cardinals, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it took lo- it took longer than anybody else did. We, did. we Yesterday we discussed all the coaches that got hired when Cliff got hired. Yes. There were some failures. Freddie Kitchens, Adam Gase. And there were guys that were successful. Zach Taylor, Matt LaFleur, Bruce Arians. So there was, uh, you know, there were coaches that were hired that did really well. And there were coaches that hired that did, that did really poorly. Cliff was basically in the middle. Now, listen, Darren was right because, look, we don't know. We don't know how well this guy's going to do. Okay, we, we just, we don't know. I, I, I'm... My, my doubts come from the fact that the Philly fans didn't want him. Overwhelming polls. <laughs> yeah. They didn't want the guy. They didn't like his defense. They thought that he gave up too many yards and because his whole defense was predicated on not giving up the big play. But in the process, they gave up a lot of yards in the middle of the field and let teams go all the way down the field against them. They just tried to prevent the big play. Um, so the Philly fans didn't seem to love him. So that's a little bit of a concern. He's only been a defensive coordinator for two years, but he has paid his dues. Mm-hmm. He's been around for a Always long time. He's been around for a long time. He's, he's paid his dues. But the truth is, like, in three years, we'll have a real good understanding of the coaches that were hired in this cycle, who's good, who's bad. I mean, I don't think you could judge it in a year, but you know that all, how many coaches were hired this cycle? Was it five? Five. Sean, five. Sean Payton, right? Jonathan Gannon, uh-huh. Shane Steichen, Frank Reich, D'Amico Ryans. One of those guys is going to be the first one fired. God, it better not be you, Michael Bedwell. <laughs> it better not be you. It just better not well, be you. It ain't going to be Sean Payton. I mean, I think we can all say that unequivocally. It, you better it's not, not going to be Sean. You better. You don't have to be, you can't have the first guy fired. No. Because then that is a disaster for Michael, a disaster for Monty. Mm-hmm. And then I guarantee you this, I guarantee you this. If this doesn't work out, I'll bet you as many lunches as you want that the next head coach will be a head coach with, with, with head coaching experience. If this doesn't work out, they're not going to go four in a row, guys without head coaching experience. This is three in a row right now. I wouldn't take that bet with you. Yeah, Yeah, because it's just not going to happen. So I think that, like, hopefully, listen, we all hope this guy does well. It's better for business when the Cardinals do well. It's better for business. Thousand percent. We want them to do really, really well. So I hope that this guy works out. I really do. But we'll know after a year, after two years, you'll start to get a trend on which guys are working and which guys are not. Not all of those guys are going to make Every one of those coaches got a, got a four or five-year deal. Not all of them are going to make it to the end of that contract. Yeah, Steichen got a six-year deal. He, got, just, six, he huh? got six with the Colts. I just read that a second ago. Wow. I, 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 got, I said this before. I'll say it again. I, I mean, okay, let's see what Jonathan Gannon's got. I will admit to being a little bit envious to the Eagles assistant that the Colts hired. Because he, what he's done with Jalen Hurts, what he did with Justin Herbert, the one year he was with the Chargers, right? Like, it, it's just, he'd be great. He'd everything you think about with Kyler and this offense, you look at Shane Syke and you go, oh man, that would have been just the perfect fit. But we will see what Jonathan Gannon has to bring. Tonight is a big matchup for Western Conference positioning. And more than anything, just to see how the new look Suns match up with what's been one of the best teams in the West all year long. Hopefully no beams will be lit tonight. That's next on the Burns and Yambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. They have played once before 
this season, but I believe only one time. It's the only one I can I'm glancing at, right? Just one time. Thank you, Mitch. Appreciate that. Mitch backing me up. On Monday, November 28th, so the Monday after Thanksgiving weekend, the Phoenix Suns beat the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento 122 to 117. Devin Booker had 44 points in that game, um, along with, let's see, DeAndre Ayton had 17. Damian Lee had 15 off the bench. He had three three pointers. Damian Lee was not in the three point shooting contest. Damian Lee, who's not in the three point shooting man. contest. I've been leading the league in three point shooting like all year. He's been leading the, the league. Come I'll, on. I'll be honest honest with you, I have no recollection of this game at all. None. I, I don't remember the Suns, because at the time, Sacramento with the loss, they were 10-9 on the season. Nobody thought they were going to be what they are right now. Right. And the Suns at the time improved to 14-6. and six. It was one of the last games they played before it all went to hell. I mean, it was November 28th. Everything kind of went to crap about a week later with all of the injuries and then losing games and everything like that. The two teams meet again tonight, and the circumstances are vastly different. The Sacramento Kings have the third best record in the Western Conference. They have been good all year long. They've got not one, not two, not three, four dudes who are going to the All-Star yeah, celebration. Kevin Porter in the three-point contest. And then De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis. And Keegan's going to the uh, rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rookie thing, whatever that's called. So they got four different guys. Fox has been great. Sabonis has been great. You know, Barnes, Mike Brown's done a really good job with that team. You brought it up early, and the truth is they can flat out score. Like, they can put the ball in the basket. So they get up and down the court. They play at a really uh, really fast pace. Uh, a lot of transition baskets off of turnovers. They like to push the pace a lot. So should be a fun game for them. And, and, and you know, and, and it's different because the Suns play at such a slow play a pace with Chris. They play at one of the slower paces in the league because of Chris Paul, where Sacramento likes to get up and go. They play at a very fast pace. Yeah, no doubt about it. Sacramento is, I mean, you mentioned the pace that they play and how good they are offensively. They lead the NBA in points per game, nearly 120 points per game. They're third in the NBA in field goal percentage, shooting nearly 50%. They're the only team in the NBA to be top five in both of those categories, so they can get out and score. Now, to me, what this game is going to impart part be about tonight. Okay, you've had a lot of change and a lot of turnover. Now, you've played some games without Mikel. You've played some games without Cam. Now you're getting Baisley. Now you're getting TJ Warren tonight. You obviously have Devin Booker back. How defensively do those new parts kind of fit in trying to slow down a Sacramento Kings team that loves to get outrun, loves to get outscore, loves to shoot really well? How do the new pieces kind of fit in defensively? Because I think Baisley's a good defender. TJ Warren, no, he's not a good defender. Not so much, right? No, he's not a good defender. And now you got to incorporate those new faces against one of the best offensive teams in the NBA. That to me is one of the things to really watch. Them. Yeah, no, listen, and, and you really can't tell yet because Durant's not here. But like, I think eventually, I mean, if I'm Monty, my goal would be to always have one of those two guys on the court. Like, if I take if I take Durant off, I'm going to let Booker play the whole first quarter, and then I'm going to bring Durant back, and I'm going to let Book sit for a few minutes, and then bring Book back, and then. So that way, I've always got one of those two guys on the court at all time. Uh, and then TJ Warren could play with either one off the bench and score. Baisley's the guy I'm most interested in because he is a versatile defender. He fell out of fell out of favor and wasn't you know 
playing the minutes that he did the first couple of years in the league. But there's no question he can guard a one or two or three or four or five. He is a versatile defensive player because he's got good size and length. So I'd like to see how he plays defensively. Um, now, Monty's always been a guy, if you've got your shot, take it. So we'll see what that happens. But Baisley's going to have to fit in with those other guys, whether it's because no Dario anymore. So you're going to have to fit in with Biz and, and, and Landale and Damian Lee and Saban Lee and whoever you're playing with. But I do think once Durant comes, they'll always try to have one of those main scorers on the court at all times. And I think, okay, with no Kevin Durant tonight, and I do wonder with Kevin Durant at the facility yesterday, is he on the bench tonight? Not that he's going to play. He's not going to play. But I wonder if he's there. Is there a reaction to him being there, right? Is he sitting there watching the game with his team? Does he stay away? There's only two games until the All-Star break. He's been ruled out of both of them. He I would expect that he is. I would, I would think that he's there, to too. Integrate with the team. And, and I would think just him being there, assuming he is, that there's a little jolt in the crowd because of it. Do you remember the jolt when Shaq was at the... Oh, it was the best part of the Shaq era. In the, in the suite? When he points to the ring? When he stands yeah. up in the suite, he points to the ring? Yeah. To me, that was the highlight of the Shaquille I was at that game. Era. The crowd went crazy. They went nuts. Now, went I know nuts. he was an all-star the next year, so I'm being disrespectful. But, but I always thought that was like... Peak Shaq and his sons. He stood up, pointed at the ring, and the place went berserk. It's almost like Roger Clemens in the box <laughs> with Susie. <laughs> Roger Clemens is in George's box. He's in the box. It's Roger Clemens. He's in George's box right now. It's your second best impersonation, you guys have, by the way. Is that by, by Susie Waldman? What's your... What's your no, no, guys, you guys have no idea what that is, do you? Your first, Eric doesn't know what it is. Your first best one is... Harold Latterman. You did that right, one yesterday. Larry, I got it eight rounds to four for Julio Cesar Chavez. That's your first I thought best. he dominated the last two rounds, Larry. Your second best is Susie Waldman. You know yeah. Susie. You bitch knows Susie. Yeah, she partners with, jo- with uh, John Sterling. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's and that is a that's a spot on impersonation of Susie Walton. And talk, right talk about a really rough uh, broadcast booth if you have trouble hearing thick accents. That's for sure. <laughs> I can do a good Bobby Knight getting pissed at always losing to Purdue, but every other word's a curse word. Yeah, you can't so really can't go with do that, that one. one. You can't really go with that one. No. Um, something else I think to keep an eye on tonight too, going into this game is DeAndre Ayton. I just ran a quick little uh, search here over his last eight games. DeAndre Ayton is averaging twenty four points per game. He is averaging 10.5 rebounds per game. He is on average about four free throw attempts per game, which is always kind of a number we look at with DeAndre, right? Yeah, he should be a higher free throw. Should be higher than that, but his last last four games, six free throw attempts, eight free throw attempts, four and then four. Um, Shooting 66% from the floor. I I keep an eye on DeAndre Ayton tonight because about a year ago, there were some rumors about Ayton for Sabonis. Sabonis. There's no question. There's some conversations about whether that was going to be a move the Suns were going to make. Yeah. Sabonis is a real dominant rebounder. He's a really good rebounder. And there's no question that the Suns kicked the tires on Sabonis at the, you know, last year. You know, and as far as, you know, would they trade DeAndre for Sabonis? I remember I even kind of, you know, reported that a little bit. Um, May 15th, last year, May 15th, Suns considered Sabonis for Aiton. Fair now to consider if that would have helped Phoenix this year. The Suns 
did consider a Sabonis for Aiton trade last year. Now, in the end, I think that, you know, that they're better off with DeAndre. Sabonis is very good, but he's not like, he's not going to help you as much with, you know, defensively. Yeah. Because he's not long. He's not long. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a bullet of China shop. He's strong and he gets his positioning and his rebounds, but he doesn't give you any shot blocking and defending the paint and everything because he's just not a very, he's got like stubby type arms, but he's a very good hard nosed player that plays the game the right way. So, uh, he's done a good job. He's been great for Sacramento. Yeah, he's been fantastic for them. It's, it's a fun look. They haven't made the playoffs in 16 years. Um, I, we, we were talking about it earlier in the show. The last playoff version of the Sacramento Kings, their leading scorer was Mike Bibby. Their second leading scorer, Sharif Abdul Rahim, Meta World Peace. The third leading scorer was Peja Stojakovic. Peja. That was that. That was the, the the Kings fan on the other side of the glass, right? Uh, Brad Miller was their fourth leading scorer. Bonzi Wells was their, and then Sharif Abdul Rahim was the sixth leading scorer on that team. Twelve points per game. That was the last. Playoff team. That team from Sacramento. That's not a good team. That's really not. That's, that's not a good team. That's really not a good basketball Sharif team. Abdul Rahim uh, and Bonzi Wells. How is that a playoff team? I, I don't really know how that was a playoff team. But they, yeah, they finished forty-four and thirty-eight. They uh, Rick Adelman was the coach. They went into the playoffs. They lost in the first round against the San Antonio Spurs. Western Conference first round. They won two games. They, they lost the eight six. seed. They were the. Seven or eight seed? Seven or eight seed. I mean, with I that think. winning, with that record, they had to be they, at the bottom. 44 and 24, they had to be close to the bottom. 16 years. It's been 16 years. It's that market they love their Sacramento Kings. Like, I bet they're. I remember the billboards berserk. that they put up to try to keep Weber when he was going to leave. The billboards that they put up. They wanted to keep him so badly. Yeah. Um, yeah, listen, they've done a really good job. Mike Brown's done a good job with that team. The Sabonis trade worked out for them. The De'Aaron Fox, the draft pick, that really worked out for them. You know, Barnes has been good for them. This this Davis kid off the bench. So it's a good it's a good basketball team. They're fun. They can score a lot of points. It's 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 good to be a now I don't you know, they, they don't have like that game last night against Dallas was almost one of those battle tested type playoff games, so it was a good game for them to play in. Against Dallas, they don't have the playoff experience with all of those guys, but like they could be a team with Fox a bonus, depending what else they do. They could be a, a, a team that's a playoff team for the next few years. Not to correct you, they played Dallas over the weekend. Over the weekend, last night Dallas played Minnesota. Dallas, yeah, Minnesota. They, they, Sacramento played Dallas. Sacramento over played the Dallas over the weekend. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes. and that was a very playoff. Last atmosphere. night Dallas lost to Minnesota when either Kyrie or Luca could get off a shot in the final thirty seconds. And just real quick to point this out, our own Kellen Olson tweeted out pictures of the Kevin Durant jerseys that you can now buy in the team shop. They are there and ready to go. Are they? They are there and ready to go. Ooh. Look at that. My kid better not ask for one. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Durant number 35 jerseys are available for yeah. purchase at the Suns team shop. Yeah. When we come back, Jonathan Gannon is the Arizona Cardinals head coach. We told you earlier what we know. Coming up next, we'll tell you what we think about it here on Burns and Gambo.